Amen. If you will, get your Bibles out and turn with me to Isaiah chapter 61. That's the passage of Scripture that we're going to be in today. So far in this series, in this Advent season, we have seen and studied about Jesus being sent to claim his crown as rightful king. That was one of the reasons Jesus came to our earth, was to come and claim his kingdom, claim his place as our rightful king. And last week we looked at him reclaiming his people from exile, amen? How beautiful that was. Because if you remember with me, our exile is sin. When we live in sin, or when we were living in sin, it completely separated us from God. But Jesus came to live as a man, to be born as a babe, to live as we do, to be put on trial, to die a criminal's death, but ultimately he came to do what? Defeat the grave and conquer death, to now sit at the right hand of the Father interceding for us. Jesus came to be our exodus. Amen, church. That's why we celebrate Christmas. Jesus came to save us from the damnation that sin traps us in. He came to reclaim us from our sin. So we now see that Jesus came to claim his rightful crown as king. We now see that he has come to reclaim us from sin. And today what we're going to look at is we will see how Jesus is sent to proclaim the arrival of the kingdom of God. He has come to proclaim the arrival of the kingdom of God. Now, when we study that word, if you have your notes, you can circle kingdom, because that's going to be our, our main focus is the kingdom of God. However, when we are studying kingdom, and I'm not, I don't want to insult anybody, so when I say this, I don't want anyone to be like, well, well preacher, I fully understand. Just, just bear with me, okay? I'm going to explain what I mean here. When I say the word kingdom, and we're going to be studying kingdom, especially the kingdom of God, this is a, this is a concept that, that is very difficult for us in the West, in the United States, in 2021, to fully comprehend. Lean to your neighbor and say, you, you just don't get it. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I, like, I, I don't want to insult anybody. Right? I know we're smart people in here. However, this is a concept that is hard for us to fully fathom what it means to serve a king, right? In, in America, we, we, don't, we don't serve a king. So this concept, though we can, we can study it, it's hard for us to comprehend, right? Because we, we don't, we don't we, in, in a practical experience, we have no personal understanding of serving an authority in the context of a kingdom, right? When I say, do you know what it means to live in a kingdom? I guarantee you, you can probably spout an answer off, right? Because none of us want to look dumb. Well, oh, I, I, I get it. This is the answer I learned in history. But do we really understand what it means to, to live under a kingdom, and so the reason I say that is because when we study the kingdom of God, we, we, we so often put it in, in our context without fully understanding what it means. Like, this isn't to insult us. I believe that all of you are very smart people. I mean that. And we understand things. But from a personal standpoint, in America, we have freedom, right? 
We have this, this freedom that we get to do what we want when we want, and ain't nobody going to tell me any different. Now, I know what you're thinking. Well, we have a, we have a government that makes rules. That, listen, we do not serve the government, right? What's the point of the government? To serve the people, right? Now, we're not going to get into any debates. I know what everyone's thinking right now. Well, the government, we're not talking about politics right now. The original reason of the government was to serve the people to establish order. However, we still have freedoms, don't we? We can still do what we want. And that is the struggle with understanding this. In the kingdom, you are serving the king. And we don't really like that, do we? Now, I'm making some very broad assumptions here, but, but think about it. We do what we want, don't we? If you want to come to church, what do you do? You come to church. You don't want to come to church? Guess what you don't do? Don't go to church. You want to study for that exam to make sure you pass it? What do you do? You study for that exam, but you have the choice not to. It's not smart. Don't do that. Don't, don't, on your final exams next couple weeks, don't say, well, preach that I don't have to study. No, you should study. However, if we don't want to do what we don't want to do, what do we do? We don't want to do what we want to do. And so for us to fully understand this, we, 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 we say, well, I get it, pastor, but, but we have freedoms here. And, and I'll, I'll be honest with you, one of the, one of the toughest things, one of the biggest struggles that we have in the, in the westernized church right now is becoming true disciples. Now, we all know what a disciple is, right? It's a follower of Christ. But to become a true disciple means that you are going to surrender to the kingship of Jesus Christ. You are going to live in the kingdom, meaning you are going to obey the king. And we struggle with that. We struggle with becoming true disciples of the king because we live with such freedom that we do what we want without any, you know what? I'm not going to worry about the kingdom. It's personal to me. I don't have to worry about that. But I want you guys to know something this morning. Jesus Christ, the, the promised Messiah, has come to proclaim the arrival of the kingdom. And the reason I said all of that is not to insult us. I enjoy my freedoms. But what I want you to know is, is though we struggle with the idea of having someone rule over us, because we are strong, independent people that, that we like to have these freedoms, but, but when we examine God's kingdom, so I, I, again, I don't want you to think, well, the preacher's just really insulting the Western church. That's not my point. My point is I want us to be able to let our guard down a little bit so we can fully surrender to the kingdom. Because when we study God's kingdom, now we're not talking earthly kingdom here. We're not talking an earthly man reigning over as king or an earthly woman reigning as queen. We are talking about the creator of the universe. We are talking about his kingdom. And when we study his kingdom, when we look at it from a biblical standpoint, his kingdom from the Bible, you will see that there is so much hope and that there is so much freedom in that kingdom. It will blow your mind. But all we have to do is say, Lord, I surrender to your kingship. I surrender to your kingdom. And guess what? It sounds crazy, right? Because it's counter to what the world says. When you serve in a kingdom, you're serving the king, which means you lose some freedoms. But when you serve the king, the king of kings, and you serve in his kingdom, you are going to find that there is so much hope and so much freedom in that, 
that you would never be able to fully comprehend it. It's amazing. So let's, let's take a look at this, okay? Isaiah chapter 61. Isaiah chapter 61, I want to read verses 1 through 4. And Isaiah here is talking about a coming messenger. He's, he's prophesying in this. And he says, this messenger is going to come. And when this messenger comes, some things are going to happen, okay? And so let's look at what he says. He says, the spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted. There's the hope. Oh my goodness, we're going to get into that here in a little bit. To proclaim freedom for the captives and release from the darkness for the prisoners. To proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God. And to comfort all who mourn. Everyone that's going through grief, God's coming. He's coming to comfort you. To comfort those who mourn and provide for those who grieve in Zion. To bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of the spirit of despair. They will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. They will rebuild the ancient ruins and restore the places long devastated. They will renew the ruined cities that have been devastated for generations. That, ladies and gentlemen, is what the coming messenger is going to do. Let's look at this for a second, shall we? So the messenger is the Messiah. If you have your notes, go ahead and write that. That's the very first point. The messenger is the Messiah. So, so, so who, is I, who is Isaiah talking about? Who is he prophesying about? Right, This, this messenger that's going to be coming, this, this person that's going to come and do all these things. Well, he's talking about the Messiah. And before we can jump into looking at the kingdom, right? So I kind of made a, a weird transition. We we're talking about the kingdom. Now we're talking about a messenger. Preacher, what are you talking about? Well, before we can really dive into the kingdom and understanding the kingdom of God, we have to understand that the coming messenger is the Messiah, Okay. The person who's going to be bringing in the kingdom is the Messiah. Ladies and gentlemen, this is why we celebrate Christmas. This is, this is what should get us excited. Right from the start, Isaiah establishes that the messenger foreshadowed in this passage will speak from a place of power and authority. And he says this, it's derived from being anointed. So if you look at verse 1, it says he was anointed. And what is significant about that? Well, because the term anointed is intimately tied into the title Christ or Messiah. In the Hebrew language, Messiah actually means anointed one. So when he says the one that's going to be anointed, what he's saying is the Messiah is coming to do this. So the messenger that I speak of, the messenger that I'm prophesying about is the promised Messiah that God the Father has promised to you for centuries now. He's coming is what Isaiah is saying. So what's happening here is Isaiah is telling us about the coming messenger that God's anointed one, empowered by the spirit of the sovereign Lord. And as we read the Christmas story and we get into the gospel of Jesus Christ, we see all of this take place. Because when Jesus, after Jesus was born and, and he grew up right before he started his ministry, what, the, what happened? John the Baptist baptized him, right? And what came down on him? the Holy Spirit. And what does it say here? The anointed one empowered by the Spirit of the sovereign Lord. There it is. Isaiah prophesied about it. 
Church, the Old Testament is not irrelevant like so many people want to say. There are so many things that we see come true in the New Testament that was prophesied about in the Old Testament. And Isaiah is saying, a messenger, the Messiah is coming. And this puts this messenger in line with the prophets and the kings. But as we'll discover, he will be greater than any of those kings, of those prophets, those national heroes that paved the way for him. The coming messenger is the Messiah. He is the sent one on a mission to proclaim the kingdom's arrival. You see, Jesus, he came to be our Savior and to die on the cross, but he also came to establish the kingdom of God here on earth. Ladies and gentlemen, how amazing is that? We always talk about eternity, but what we have to understand is the kingdom of God has already come and been established. Before we can even look at the kingdom, we have to see who is coming to proclaim it, and that is Jesus Christ. That's who the prophet Isaiah is talking about here. He says that the coming Messiah is Jesus Christ, God himself. And when we go through Christmas, we are celebrating the coming Messiah and the the promised Savior, but we cannot forget that Jesus Christ also came to establish the kingdom of God. You see, so often when we go through Christmas, we get caught up in all of this stuff, and we forget the establishment of God's kingdom, church. This should excite us. Jesus was and is the promised Messiah and the Savior of all humanity, but he was also the messenger who came to proclaim God's kingdom. That is why we celebrate Christmas, and that is who we are celebrating in Christmas. And so Jesus is the messenger, and the messenger we now know is the Messiah, but let's look at the messenger and what he was going to do when he came to establish the kingdom, okay? So the messenger is the Messiah, and secondly, the messenger, and here's the hope of Christmas. Listen to this. The messenger binds the broken. Can I get an amen on that? There is so much hope that comes with the messenger coming, with the Messiah coming. And so what does it look like when the kingdom of God shows up and, and breaks out all around us? What does this look like, right? So, so, we, so a lot of times pastors and Sunday school teachers, and things we use big words, right? We say kingdom and sanctification, all these, these big, well, I like to call them church words, right? So when I'm saying kingdom, well, well, preacher, what, what does that look like? What do you mean kingdom? Well, are you guys ready for the answer? Because listen to what Isaiah says. When the kingdom of God arrives, the broken are healed. When the kingdom of God arrives, the mourning find comfort. The gr- those who are grieving find comfort. Re- re- read it in there. Isaiah chapter 61 tells us this. The grieving find comfort. The prisoner is set free. The captive leaves her chains. When the kingdom comes, Isaiah says, when the messenger comes, these things are going to happen. Ladies and gentlemen, Jesus Christ has already come. We get to celebrate today. What's the date today? The the, the 12th? December 12th in 2021, we are no longer where Isaiah was prophesying about it and hoping. Guess what, church? We're living in the kingdom of God right now, and we get to see these things happen. Does that not excite us, ladies and gentlemen? That should get us so excited because the messenger proclaims the good news to the poor. God has heard your cries for help, and he is here to heal you. Who doesn't need that, church? Who doesn't need a little bit of healing? 
to the brokenhearted among us, Jesus has come to bind you up. He says, are you hurting? Are you broken? Well, let me bind you up. He is here to draw you close and to take your pain upon himself. Did you know that? Jesus says, you don't have to carry that pain. That pain that you feel right now, you don't have to carry it. He says, come to me, all who are weary and heavy burdened, and take my yoke upon you, because my yoke is light, is what Jesus tells us. He says, are you brokenhearted? Are you in pain? Are you suffering right now? Well, come to me, and I'm going to give you some rest. I'm going to make it easier for you. Now, you might be saying, well, does that mean my problems are going to go away? Probably not but you're going to be able to have peace in them knowing that the outcome is going to be perfect because Jesus Christ is working for your good, ladies and gentlemen. That doesn't mean the pain, the physical pain of sickness is automatically gone, but it means that you can find peace in the midst of it. He is here to walk beside you and lead you in this long but beautiful journey toward healing. Are you broken? Are you feeling pain? He's here. The messenger is here. The Messiah is here. He is here to help you to the prisoners and the captives, well, your freedom has come. Jesus has said, I have come to set people free. Jesus proclaims that under his reign, in his kingdom, you are released from the chains and the cell block. Even as his spirit speaks to your heart right now, this moment, the doors are unlocking and opening and coming off their hinges, the very sound of his voice. If you are a prisoner to sin, Jesus Christ says, I've conquered sin. All you got to do is come to me and I will give you freedom. Are you struggling with something? Are you, are you, are you, are you emotionally broken? Are you, are you bound by these chains? Jesus says, listen, I've come. I've already come. All you got to do is come to me. And to those mourning and in despair, those who are grieving, listen to what he says. He says, he trades your ashes for crowns of beauty, your tears for oil of gladness. You know what's, you know what's amazing about our God? Is he's not this just the creator of the universe hovering over us, dictating our lives and moving us like little pawns on a chessboard. Our God entered into our life. Our God came to us. Yes, he's the reigning king. He is the creator of the universe. He is, he is above us, beyond. I mean, he, we cannot fathom him, yet he stepped into our life. And to those of you who are grieving, who are mourning, I want you to know something. Jesus Christ, your God, knows your pain. He knows what it feels like to mourn and to grieve. When Lazarus died, what does it say? Jesus wept. His friend had passed away. His other friends are now grieving. Jesus feels that pain. God the Father watched his son die on the cross, listen to this, innocently. He was innocent, and God the Father watched his son die for you and I. If you are grieving this morning, if you are in pain this morning because you've lost someone or you lost something, if you are grieving, if you are mourning, I want you to know something. Go to God. Go to the messenger. Go to the Messiah. Because he knows your pain. And it says he wants to trade your ashes for crowns of beauty. Ladies and gentlemen, if that's you this morning, go to him. He knows where you're at. He says to the cut off, the uprooted, and the rotted out, he calls you oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. Listen, God knows exactly where you're at. 
He knows exactly what needs to happen. And he's going to take care of you the entire way. He says, to those whose lives resemble a city of ruins. Have any of you ever felt that way? Where you just, maybe you lay in bed or you woke up and you're drinking coffee and you look around and you think, man, my life's a disaster right now. Has, you don't have to raise your hand, but has anyone ever experienced that before? Where you, I, I will raise my hand. I, yeah, absolutely, I have. Sometimes you just sit back and think, man, my life just looks like a, like a city that's just been bombed. But what does he say? To those whose lives resemble a city in ruins, he has come to rebuild what has been torn down and restore what was once abandoned. Listen to me. If your life looks like a city of ruins, he can restore you. All you have to do is turn to him and say, Lord, I want to walk in your way. I want to walk in your path. I want you to take over. Stone by stone, he reconstructs and renovates what time and tragedy has destroyed. He places long, devastated things, and he will fill it with life again. He says, are you in pain? Well, listen to me. He says, lights will burn in your homes, and the streets will be full of joy. That is the good news that the messenger came to proclaim. So the messenger is the Messiah, and the messenger binds the broken. Amen, church? He says, where are you at right now? Okay, I got you. You're in pain. You're broken. Your life may look completely devastated, but I'm going to step in. Let me take control. You want to know what the kingdom of God looks like? That, ladies and gentlemen, is what the kingdom of God looks like. He comes in to restore and reclaim us. And Jesus Christ came as the messenger to proclaim that. Amen? So the thing is, the messenger is the Messiah. The messenger binds the broken. And the last thing is the messenger, check this out, I absolutely love it, is the message. Jesus Christ is the message. Even with the thrill of hope in these verses so far, the most stunning truth is yet to come because what we experience in Advent is more powerful than words. Jesus Christ is word made flesh. Ladies and gentlemen, God doesn't say, I'm going to do all these things and just leave it out there. No, he actually came in flesh and said, you want to see the message delivered? Here it is. It's Jesus Christ. The messenger is the message. And it's a very radical thought that God did not simply commission another prophet to tell us about the kingdom, but he sent Jesus to show us what the kingdom is and to live it out before our eyes, ladies and gentlemen. The messenger is the message. He says, I'm going to live it out. You want to know what the kingdom of God looks like? Look at the life of Jesus Christ. That is the kingdom of God. Amen. You say, what does the kingdom of God look like? Read the Gospels. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Jesus Christ's life is the kingdom of God. In every way, Jesus takes this passage and he transforms it from prophecy into present reality. He drags it into the realm of right here and right now. He says, I'm going to walk with you in this grief. I'm going to walk with you in this pain. Better yet, I'm going to take the pain away. And I'm going to show you how to do that. I'm going to show you how to live in the middle of persecution. I'm going to show you how to live when you're in pain and grieving. I'm going to show you how to live whenever you're suffering. In Jesus, God becomes what he wants to say. What he told us in Isaiah, he came and he lived it out. He models the culture of the kingdom, and he proclaims the kingdom has come. Amen, ladies and gentlemen. 
The kingdom has come. It is here, and it was found in Jesus Christ. And so how do we apply this? Well, in order to apply this in our lives, especially during the Christmas season, we have to find tangible and creative ways to follow Jesus and become what we want to say. You see, God became what he wanted to tell us. He lived it out. He didn't just speak words. The question is, how often do we speak words and don't live it out? How often do we say things in church and then completely abandon it when we leave here? You see, God said, this is what I'm going to do. We see that in Isaiah. And what did he do? He did all of those things. Ladies and gentlemen, to be like Christ, we have to find an active, invisible way to communicate the culture of the kingdom to our community. So the question stands is, am I living it? Am I a good, am I a good representative of the kingdom of God? Or do I turn people away from it? Am I inviting people into the kingdom the way Jesus Christ did? Or are my words and my actions turning people away? Am I inviting people to the kingdom? Am I living the kingdom? Am I living as Jesus lived? Am I doing these things? The question is, how can Jesus use us to bind the brokenhearted and release the captives? What am I doing to be like Christ? What am I doing to be like the messenger? What am I doing to be like the Messiah? How am I living like Christ? You see, Jesus came to claim his crown. He came to reclaim us. And Jesus is sent to proclaim the kingdom. What was once a far-off hope is now a present reality fulfilled in the arrival of Jesus. He is the messenger, ladies and gentlemen. He is the message. And church, it is time that we share that message with the world and show the world the kingdom of God through our, through our voices, through our actions, and through our lives. Amen. If you will, stand to your feet with us again as Pastor Tanya and Margot come to lead us in song.
May his favor be upon you and a thousand generations and your family and your children and their children and their children. May his presence go before you and behind you and beside you, all around you and within you. He is with you. step out of your heavenly home to come and to enter into our lives to bring us your kingdom and right now Lord I pray for each of us that are here and listening in help us Lord to be like you help us to step out of our comfort zones in order to take your kingdom into the world help us Lord to be inviting to be the witnesses that we need to be, that you need us to be, to help bring people to your kingdom instead of pushing them away. And Lord, as we continue into this Christmas season, it's right around the corner, continue to fill us with all of your peace, joy, and mercy. And Lord, I ask as we leave here today, give everybody traveling mercies. Help us to make it home safely so we can come back together again. It's your glorious and holy name that we pray this, and everybody said it. Amen. God bless you guys. I love you. Have a Merry Christmas.